Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Suge Burry. What happened if you say what you want to say? so glad that you are tuning in to us today. Why is that? Because I got a man about town for you to meet. This is it. The big stuff. Who do you think you are? He's working for the Lord. You're never going to get my love. I love it. I love it. John, you keep me on my toes all the time. Doing my best, Shook. Doing yeah, my best. I got to tell you, this guy is Mr. Big Chot in Jesus Christ. That's what I love. I love what God does in and through our guest we have here today. We have R. York Moore with us today. Welcome, York. I'm so glad you're with us. Uh, it's an honor to be back, and uh, boy, that was some intro right there. I I when, I, when I walked through the front door of my own home, that would be great. Yeah, I think that we should all be playing that when we come into our house. Ladies, I've got just such a great show for you today. It's an honor. He's been with me before, once before on Women's Hot Topics. I can barely keep up with everything that's going on with him. So I've asked my co-host, Reagan, to go ahead, Reagan Kramer, and introduce our guest to our listeners. Hello, R. York. How are you doing? It was so good to see you in California a couple months ago. Yes, we had a fantastic time. The weather was pretty good. Not, not so good here in Detroit here, but uh, we'll, we'll survive. Yeah. <laughs> so R. York Moore is an artistically gifted speaker, a revivalist, and abolitionist. He serves as the executive director, Catalytic Partnerships, and as national evangelist for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship USA. R. York helped found and is leading the Every Campus Coalition, a bold seven-year national initiative incorporating over 40 organizations who've joined to see the gospel movements and prayer on all 5,000-plus campuses in America by 2025. Wow, what an initiative. He is the author of several books, including his recent Do Something Beautiful, The Story of Everything, and A Guide to Finding Your Place in It. R. York Moore became a Christian from atheism while studying philosophy at the University of Michigan, and he has his degree in philosophy from the University of Michigan, as well as an MA in global leadership from Fuller Theological Seminary. He lives in Detroit, Michigan, with his wife and three kids. Wow, that's a mouthful. You got a lot going on there. A little bit. <laughs> I, I do rest ever one one day a week every after every seven days. So I don't know. We, do, we believe in the Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> we all need to practice the Sabbath, don't we? That's right. That's right. Um, you're doing amazing stuff, and every campus—that's your newest initiative, right? Well, I would say, yeah, it's uh, it's what I'm giving 110 percent of my my ministry energy to these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's not really an, an initiative that I've created. It's something that the Lord really surprised me with, uh-huh. uh, changed the trajectory of what I was uh, focusing on, and um, it's kind of taken over my life, so to speak. Wow. I've heard you tell the story, York, of how God clearly carved out the path for you to do this ministry. It's a, it's really amazing. Could you give us a little bit of um, 
background on how this all started. Yeah, I was in Washington, D.C. with my good friend Nick Hall. We had worked for about a year and a half on an event called Together 2016, uh, which drew about 300,000 people to the Washington Mall. It was a fantastic mm-hmm. event. And uh, I was just one of the many, many speakers. No one was coming to hear me. I'm always. Uh, I was there and I came to listen to you. (laughs) We were both there and we heard you. (laughs) Flattery will get you everywhere. You know, at concerts and conferences, if you scroll all the way down, you'll find, you know, you got your Francis Chance and your Priscilla Shires. And then it always says, and more. That's me. You know what? God does his most powerful work through those we least likely expect. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Well, I was I was literally walking to the podium to talk to 300,000 people about revival in America, and uh, we had about 450 people sent to the emergency rooms all throughout mm-hmm. the D.C. area for heat-related illnesses. Uh, law enforcement agencies came together and made the decision that the program was going to have to end uh, in the middle of the day, and which is just heartbreaking. And I was literally walking to the podium. Tim Tebow was walking off, Francis Chance to my right, and I was walking to the podium when the stage manager actually said, you're, you're not going to get to speak or being shut down. And so it was just a real heartbreak. But mm-hmm. it was such a historic event. I would have went just to guard the porta potties. And I mean that. Nick <laughs> Paul is a, a, mm-hmm. a visionary a man of our time in terms of leading the church forward for missions and evangelism. And it was an honor to run with him on that. The other thing that was happening in my life at the time, I had just been given this role. I have two, two roles in InterVarsity. I'm national evangelist. And I'm also the executive director for Catalytic Partnerships. Mm-hmm. But my boss says to me right before I get on the plane to go to this trip, he says, hey, don't get too used to your, your new role. You might not have it for very long. I said, what do you mean? He, we were getting ready to hire a new president in InterVarsity, and we hadn't yet named the person. And he says, you know, who, we don't know who she or he will be. We don't know how she or he is going to want to lead. Don't get too excited and don't go too far with your new role. So I thought, oh, you know, there's a lot of job security, a lot of clarity. And so I decided, you know what, I didn't get to speak. I'm go- I don't have a lot of, uh, you know, vision for what I should be doing. I'm just going to go on a prayer walk. And I believe that prayer changes things. It Amen. doesn't just change us. Mm-hmm. Prayer literally changes things. And so my plan was to walk all- along the streets of D.C. I got off the elevator, and immediately the Holy Spirit drew me to this guy sitting uh, just off to the right of the elevator, and I walked up to him. And I said, uh, why are you here at Together? Now, remember, there's 300,000 people in town for this yeah. event, major, major event. And he says, well, I'm here because I work with a ministry called Crew. We used to be called Campus Crusade for Christ. And I said, I think I've heard of you. Now, I didn't yeah. tell him that <laughs> yeah. when I became a Christian, I started a Crew chapter. Mm-hmm. I had actually recently just spoken at their national staff conference, uh, which obviously I made a big impact on this guy because he had no clue who I was. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, what are you doing with Crew? He says, well, I have a new job. I'm the new national director for strategic partnerships. And I said, really, what are you doing with that? And he says, I-, I have no idea. I'm just asking the Holy Spirit to lead me. So, you know, I laughed and I told him exactly what I shared with you. And, and it was obvious that the Spirit of God drew us together for mm-hmm. some purpose. And so I flew down to their headquarters and began to meet with their executive team. And we began to dream together with one question kind of leading the way. What's the one thing that we can do together that we could never do apart? It's a powerful mm-hmm. question. Yes, it is. And in, 80 years of ministry, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship has never had a partnership with Crew, the largest campus ministry in America, wow. and, and, which is a shame. But as we began to meet and dream into that question, what's the one thing we could do? We really felt the Spirit of God drawing us to a conviction that what we really needed most was revival. Mm-hmm. We needed a new move of God in America, and we weren't going to manufacture it. 
but we were going to participate with the Spirit of God to instigate revival by catalyzing prayer and gospel movements all across the country. And so that's, that's in short, that's how the Every, Every Campus story began. It began with a simple prayer walk. Isn't that the, what God does? Yep, exactly. He takes our disappointments and our failures mm-hmm. and our concerns and our fears. Mm-hmm. No and he kidding. Just puts it in, he puts it all together, and he, he creates new dreams and opportunities. He had that God appointment just waiting for you at a time such as this. That's so super cool. Ladies, if you're just tuning in, my name is Shugbury. This is Women's Hot Topics, Him for Her Radio. Would you do me a favor? And if you like the shows that we're presenting, if you love what we're bringing to you, would you please visit us online at himforherministries.org and help us to bring this show not only nationally, but internationally as well, because God has given us a great big vision. So I'm really excited about what he's doing here. We have our guest with us, R. York Moore, and he's talking about every campus. You can find this, please, uh, look it up, everycampus.com. And this is a coalition that Ariel Kumar has put together by inspiration from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm here with Reagan Kramer, my guest co-host. And we were talking about revival. Now, as an evangelist myself, I love the word, but a lot of people don't know what that word means. Could you share a little bit with us what that means and what does it mean to be in a season of revival? Yeah, well, many of us believe that we're moving into this season of revival. And so, you know, Martin Lloyd-Jones, great theologian, said it most simply. He said, revival is basically days of heaven upon the earth. There's oh, a lot like of that. things wrong with the world that we live in. But when you think about what it could actually mean to live into the reality of heaven today, that's about as simple as it gets. In InterVarsity, we use a little bit longer of a definition. We, we consider revival a season of breakthrough in word and in deed and power that ushers in a new normal of kingdom fruitfulness. But in reality, what, when re- revival comes, it's intentionally, by design, punctuated, meaning that it has a beginning and an end. And many people that get very upset or concerned or, or nervous about revivalist language, very frequently one of their main concerns is, well, if revival was real, if it was really from God, it would last forever. Well, good news. There will be a, a revival that lasts forever, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's when Jesus comes back. Mm-hmm. When Jesus comes back to set the kingdom of God up, that will be a revival that has no end. Hallelujah. But for the last 2,000 years, we can look at the first and the second Great Awakening. We can look at uh, Sousa Street Revival. We can look at the Mm -hmm. Jesus Movement in the 70s. There have been these seasons Mm -hmm. where God blows a fresh wind upon a people, where he visits the land with repentance and weeping and holiness that doesn't just convert sinners, but actually creates a new normal in society. And that's really what we're talking about. And so many of us in the Every Campus space have been hearing from the Lord in our quiet times, as we gather in prayer, uh, and we have been sensing that God is moving us into a season of revival. It's not here yet, but we're beginning to, we're, we believe that we're beginning to see it, that we're actually entering into the very early days of a new move of God in America. And that's what every campus is all about. I love that. And I like the way that you said this is a new normal. As a matter of fact, I read one of your articles called Whispers of Disruption, A New Move of God in Our Time. And you did talk in Christianity Today about this new normal and some of the three things that you can see heading our direction. Could you just share with that just really briefly about what your thoughts were in that article? Sure. Yeah. The three things that give us hope for living into a new normal of revival is, first, is prayer movements. There's always been prayer movements all throughout American history, but what we're seeing right now is unprecedented. We're seeing these prayer movements really grow, expand in a way that we've we've not seen 
uh, in modern history. We're also seeing these prayer movements overlap, coordinate, collaborate, and combine efforts. Uh, and that kind of leads to the second thing that I talk about in that Christianity Today article, catalytic moments. Just in the last six months alone, over 200,000 college-age students have gathered in the name of Jesus. Wow. 50,000 here, 20,000 there, 30,000 over here. These aren't just one event. These are multiple events all across the country. You have to go back to the early 1970s. 1972, the Jesus Explo, that really kind of started the Jesus movement. That catalytic moment propelled a generation for Christ. And just in the last six months, we've seen gatherings on that kind of scale. Mm-hmm. You don't turn on the news and see them. You don't really hear about them. But this is what the Spirit of God is doing in America. He's drawing young people to himself, and in the name of Jesus, they are gathering together. The last thing I'll say in the article is that the profound expression of unity amongst Christian leaders. So every campus began with a simple prayer walk with two guys with the same business card, but it quickly grew to a partnership between the two largest collegiate ministries in America. But now there are over 75 organizations, churches, church networks, denominations that are saying yes to every campus, sharing data, sharing human resource uh, power, sharing finances, all for the purpose of revival. Now, when have you ever even read about something like that in modern history where women and men are willing to lay down their corporate logos, Mm. they're willing to set aside their agendas to do something far greater together that they could ever do by themselves. The last thing I'll say is that in the collegiate space, we've never actually had a partnership with all of the major collegiate organizations. And through every campus, the CCO, Crew, Chi Alpha, Mm. University, Navigators, Robbie Zacharias Ministries, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, uh, have all come together uh, for this, this mighty push, this new move of God that we're experiencing. That's amazing. It gives me a lot of hope, too. So, York, I was not following Jesus in college. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, and I was an athlete, and I liked to party. Um, and how would your this organization, Every Campus, reach someone like me now in the colleges? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Well, I was not an athlete, but I also liked to party, and so we have that in common. But I think, you know, what every campus is all about is not necessarily partnering where we are at, although that's happening more and more. Mm-hmm. It's about going to where we're not. And so currently there are 4,949 campuses in America. If you go to everycampus.com, we have put a push pin in every single campus in America. You can drill down. You can know who's doing ministry there. You can see if it's been prayer walked, which I'll talk about in just a moment. Okay. But if you add up every single collegiate ministry in America, the Baptist campus ministry, all of the rest, only 23% of American college campuses have any known gospel ministry. Not That's a prayer just group, amazing. That is. Not a Bible study, not a large group meeting, nothing. And so every campus is designed to get the gospel where it's not, to get gospel ministries planted on these campuses. Now, this is a seven-year initiative, and we're in year one. So your listeners have missed almost nothing. We just started this. Even though we've been dreaming about it since <laughs> together 2016, we just started this in January. Okay. And to date, we've already physically prayer walked over 1,000 campuses. Wow. So wow. wow. This year alone, we're asking people to go to everycampus.com, to click on their geolocation services, to find a campus near them. We will text you or email you a prayer guide that will teach you how to prayer walk that campus for revival. I think that's the number one thing that we can start with, is a year of consecration and prayer. If God is sending revival, we got to prepare our hearts. we got to prepare the soil. Mm-hmm. And I believe that is through prayer that we actually do that. 
You know, ladies, if you're listening, this is Shugbury, um, Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I'm with my uh, co-host, my co-guest host, Miss Reagan Kramer, beautiful Reagan Kramer. And we have a wonderful guest with us today, a national evangelist. He's with InterVarsity USA, and he's talking about every campus. His name is R. York Moore. <clears throat> so if you're asking yourself, how does this involve me? I mean, really, I'm a woman. I've got kids. Yes, they, you know, maybe they're not in college or they're going to be in college. I got to tell you, you need to pay attention because this is a hot topic that will affect your whole entire family. Can you imagine if every one of those colleges that he spoke about, 4,949, all of them had a prayer walk around them. The Holy Spirit will just take off in such a powerful way. The floodgates of heaven will open up. And so your question is not, how does this affect me? Your question is going to be, what can I do next? Would you encourage our listeners for us, our York Moore, and let us know what can they do? They can go to the everycampus.com. They can sign up to do this. But what else can they do? Yeah. Well, you know, I think if you think about all of these campuses, many of which people have never heard of, uh, you know, and you think about all the organizations that are coming together, and I've only, I've only just listed a few of the partners. The list goes on and on and on. If you took all of our staff and all of our students, we would never be able to get to the end of these campuses. Mm -hmm. For 80 years, we've been trying. And uh, InterVarsity is on just over 700 campuses, and there are 4,949 campuses. So I I do believe that within a mile or two of your listeners' homes, uh, within a mile or two of their home church, uh, where they uh, work, where they go to school, there's a college campus that has never been touched by the gospel. And I believe that this year is the year where we're going to see radical breakthrough. One of our partners is the Collegiate Day of Prayer. And for the first time in history, we adopted every single campus for prayer remotely during the Collegiate Day of Prayer. In one day, every campus was prayed for. We want to go a step further this year. We want to show up on these campuses. And here's what's going to happen. Maybe your listener is a a 28-year-old a mother of two who used to be a part of crew as an undergraduate student. Maybe she's never been to college at all. Uh, maybe she's a grandmother and uh, she's enjoying the, the twilight years of her life, right? Where, wherever she's at in her life stage, I believe that she can show up on a campus, prayer walk, just like I did that prayer walk together 2016. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any, any hope for the future. I, did, I was disappointed and you know, depressed that I didn't get to speak. And God took that moment and turned it into a movement. And I think that's the power of prayer, that when we show up, things happen, right? So you can do the prayer walk, and you can click, I pray on this campus, and that's all. that would be valuable in and of itself. But here's what's going to happen. When you show up on a college campus, the Holy Spirit takes note. And the Holy Spirit takes that willingness and that presence and creates an opportunity. I was recently at prayer walking a campus in the Pittsburgh area, on a trip and uh, was walking near uh, a group of students. One was in tears. The other one looked to be praying. The other two looked confused. And I just stopped. I said, what's going on here? And as they began to share, there were some struggles with drug addiction and those kinds of things. Our campuses are places of great, great need. I just asked, would it be all right if I could stop and pray for you specifically Mm -hmm. in your time of struggle? And the look of surprise and thankfulness and joy was just palpable. I think that's what happens when we show up. God takes what little we have, and he multiplies it to feed the people around us. I love that. You know, you talked about the gospel. I'm just going to interject for just a minute. Um, You know, we've got a lot of women who don't 
know God, that listen, mm-hmm. that, that they want to get to know who God is. Um, how would you just really briefly describe to somebody what the gospel is, and can you close us in a prayer? Yeah, sure. Well, the good news of gladness and joy that the angels proclaimed to the shepherds in the fields is about Jesus. I mean, that is the story of all stories. It's about the good news of this Savior that's come into our lives, no matter if we're in a place of loneliness or despair, whether or not we're in a place of urgency and want, no matter what our life circumstances is, we all need a Savior because we have this disease that the Bible calls sin. And we know that we have it. We, we don't have to be convinced of it. We know that we're, we're not just perfect people. Uh, we, we have this darkness within us that causes us to do uh, unimaginable things. And that sin is what separates us from God. And the bad news is that eventually we'll be separated from Him for all eternity unless God acts, unless God does something in our lives. And the great news is that he has. The great news is that God sent Jesus, his righteous son, into the world, not just to live some moral life as a good illustration, as many people believe, but Jesus lived a perfect life so that he could satisfy, fully satisfy, everything that we've done, everything that we've left undone, that he could pay for our sins. He lived the perfect life that we can't. And when we come to trust him, we come under the umbrella of the blessing of Jesus. Just like those shepherds in the field who got that good Christmas news from the angels, we come under the canopy of the grace of God when we come to know Christ. So you listeners might be asking, well, how do I, how do I know Jesus for myself? I was mm-hmm. an atheist. When I grew up, we had a, a sign at the front of our home that said, the Moors, the atheists. We had a barrel on the side of our house for burning Bibles. So if I can become a Christian, anybody, no matter what their life circumstances are, can become a Christian. And the great news is that it's, it's, it's easy and it's free. Mm-hmm. And when we open our hearts to God, when we acknowledge that we're sinners, when we acknowledge that we've broken God's law, when we acknowledge that we need God's grace and his forgiveness in our lives, he takes the good news of Jesus and he applies it to our account. Mm-hmm. And here's the great news. The great news is that Jesus, when he came, he didn't just live a perfect life. He died a perfect death. He died on the cross to set us free from all that we've done and left undone. But he didn't stay dead, and that's what Easter is all about. We celebrate Christmas and we celebrate Easter as the two kind of capstones of the Christian faith for a reason, because on Easter we celebrate the fact that Jesus did it. He beat death, he conquered the grave, he rose again on that third day. And why that's such good news is because we can know him personally. Mm -hmm. He's alive. We don't follow some dead Messiah, some dead religious figure. We follow Jesus who is alive. And when we choose to follow him, we choose to say yes to his ways. We submit our lives to his lordship. We become followers of Jesus. Amen. Now, if you're listening, if you're listening, I'm going to pray a prayer. And the prayer is basically a, a, a re-articulation of that simple message. And wherever you're at in your story, if you're willing today to acknowledge that you need God in your life, that you're willing to acknowledge that you've broken his law and that Jesus is God's solution for you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And by praying this prayer, you can take the very first step to a relationship with God. Would it be all right if I prayed that prayer, Sean? Yes, we have about one minute. I would love that. Let's pray. That's you. I want you to just repeat these, these words out loud wherever you're at. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I believe that you died for me on the cross. And I believe that you are alive, that you rose again. Come into my life and lead me. Forgive me in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm, Amen. Hallelujah. And if you have said that prayer for the very first time, 
tell someone else. Get yourself a Bible and dig in because I want you ladies to have the greatest joy ride ever because Christ is with us always. Thank you so much, R. York Moore, for being with us, for uh, evangelizing, for speaking with us. Would you come back on again? Because I'm not done asking about um, every campus. There's so much more to this. I would love to have you come back on. Anytime, anytime. Miss Reagan Kramer, thank you so much for joining me as my co-guest host. John, back there in the production booth, you are the best. And for you ladies that are listening, Jesus loves you. Until next time, this is Sugbury, Women's Hot Topics, over and out.